0: What's going on, ladies and gents? Robert Sykes, KetoSavage.com, and I have special guest, Trevor White.
1: How are you, man? I'm doing well, man. Uh, can't complain. Here uh, in uh, sunny but rainy Tampa, Florida. How are you?
0: Tampa, Florida. That's like the hotspot, man. Lots of keto stuff going down in Tampa. That's where you know ASPI is. That's where like all the uh, like the competitive aspect of keto is. A lot of the research is coming up out of Tampa, Florida. You're right in the middle of it all.
1: Yeah, man. I um I actually went to school with you know Ryan Lowry. I studied under Dr. Wilson during undergrad. Uh, went to grad school with Ryan and uh, Chris Irving, a uh, bunch of those guys. So I've I've been in the middle of this movement for the last five years or so, and like I, I feel like I'm in the hub of keto. I mean, I know there's other places, but uh, it's fun to be here. You can kind of see things move and uh, and like where everything's going and where keto is going as a community. Um, and then Austin, obviously, a major hotspot with uh, keto evangelists out there.
0: Yeah, I think Austin, Tampa, and then like parts of California for sure um are definitely probably like the three the trifecta of it all for sure which is cool because it's like you know east coast west coast and right in the middle yep yeah it's really cool i feel like i'm out in the middle of nowhere here in arkansas and nobody know what keto is <laughs> I know, man you gotta get out here you gotta come to know us. i will man i will I, I need to make a trip out to florida for for multiple different reasons i need to do like a little meetup and just make a trip of it need a little vacation Absolutely. Um, so man, let's just dive into the details here. Like you, you went to school with them. They're obviously making waves, um, through the research keto. What kind of got you into the space? What made you want to, you know, jump on this, this lifestyle in the first place?
1: Yeah. So, uh, well, during undergrad, um, I started studying, you know, exercise and nutrition physiology under Dr. Wilson, got involved a little bit with the lab during undergrad and, you know, Doc and Ryan really um, and a bunch of other guys in that lab really paved the way for like me learning research in general and then learning how to read research papers and and really dive into the science behind things. Um, I, before that, honestly, I, I was never into that. I was more of the guy that wants to do strength conditioning, work with athletes. And on that end, um, was always pretty entrepreneurial, wanted to do my own thing. I, I remember telling my dad when I was in high school and stuff, you know, like, I'll never wear a suit and tie to work. I'll never go to a nine to five job. And like, I I just like, it's me to just be an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. Uh, So then, you know, I did undergrad and then that kind of paved the way to grad school. And then I, and that's where like keto really started taking off. Uh, I was involved with uh, one of the ketogenic studies and that's where like, it really went off for me. like. I, uh, I actually went keto. I saw a ton of benefits. Like I was always like a, a pretty fit guy. Um, I, I mean, people would look at me obviously and say that I'm like in good shape. But when I looked at myself, I didn't feel like I was in good shape. I, I knew that I like where my body composition was and stuff. I didn't feel comfortable. And then I went keto and I saw tremendous like benefits in body composition and I saw increases in strength. I was one of those you know, lean mass hyper responder guys that took off with keto. And then I really never looked back through grad school. I stayed keto and then I hit a little spell where, you know, uh, after grad school, I kind of switched back. And uh, I got a little, I got a little dark for a moment because I started uh, eating, I went back to the way I was eating before where, you know, I was Oreos, uh, (laughs) Pop-Tarts, Ben and Jerry's and stuff, man, and it, it got really bad. And I, I, I ended up like, I don't know if, it, I don't want to call it an eating disorder. I never got diagnosed or anything, but I definitely was in a bad place for a period of time where every, t- every night for dinner, I was grabbing a full Domino's pizza, taking that back, then having a full box of Pop-Tarts and a full family size pack of Oreos. And that was like three, four times
0: a night. Uh, what, what do you think triggered like that relapse so to speak like was there like a the like trigger, some kind of emotional thing that happened
1: yeah so there was definitely like a point in time where like i was struggling with uh, you know just a, some things going on with life uh after college uh you know money issues things like that uh so that was a little bit but then once i just remember like I, i'm an addict to food like if I have a box of Cheez-Its or something, I'll pound that box. There's no stopping me. Once I start, mm-hmm. you can't stop the train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, man. And and then as soon as I had like Pop-Tarts and stuff, that sugar in like your brain in you know, like that hedonic response from eating stuff like that, uh, it I just went ape crap. And I like, luckily, like I would train for hours a day. So, I was, I was able to, like I didn't look great, but I was able to maintain a, like a pretty lean physique on that. But I, I knew I wasn't healthy and I wasn't optimizing my health. And for me, like uh, being, I, you know, somewhat of a scientist or citizen scientist or so, I'm always trying to optimize and change my diet and different things. So, I went back keto again. This was Two and a half years ago now, and I, I haven't cheated since. And I mean, I'm feeling great. I'm, you know, in, incorporating different styles, you know, changing my protein levels, changing my fat levels. Um, but like you, I feel pretty great on a, uh, like around a 80, 75 to 80% fat diet. I noticed mm-hmm. when I drop down in my fat and I raise my protein, my hunger goes way up and I start craving sugar again. Like I won't eat the sugar, but I start craving sweets bad.
0: Yeah. The hunger goes up for me and I just like, I feel more foggy, so to speak. Like I don't feel near as crisp. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly how I feel.
1: When I'm at 80%, I'm on fire. I'll, I, cause I get up at 4am every day mm-hmm. and I get up to train at five, but When I'm at around 80%, I'll wake up at 3.30 some days and I'm just ready to take on the day. And then when I go, as soon as I go to like 73 to 74% fat, man, I am so foggy that like getting up in the morning sometimes is tough. Even though I I can do it, it's just hard.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree, man. Like anybody that followed along my hypertrophy experiment with Danny, like I said that the same thing. As soon as I switched back to a high fat ratio, it was literally like flipping the switch. I was able to wake up before the alarm went off, and I just maintained that energy and a, a, you know, attentiveness throughout the day.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's insane because I've tried, I, I mean, I realized for when I went higher protein, I went down to like around 72% fat, uh, like 32-ish, 34-ish percent. Protein was around 10 total grams of carbs. That's what I usually am anyway. Like I, I try to stay around 10 total grams.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and then I, I noticed right away, like I'm able to, because I do a like heavy strength training, I train hard um, and I was able to put on a lot more mass, a lot more lean mass, but I was also, you know, gaining fat. And for me, I, I'm like a lean guy. I prefer to be lean and mm-hmm. I go higher fat. I mean, I just get, <laughs> I get way more shredded and I just feel better.
0: It's crazy, man. Like there's such a controversy right now in the keto space about high protein, higher fat. And it, it's funny to me, there's even a controversy there. It's like, you know, everybody's individual, you know, experiment, yeah. self-experiment and see what works best for you, like end of discussion. But there's like this, this just dramatic controversy there. And I don't know, like I've, I've had tremendous, you know, positive results with the higher fat ratio. My clients tend to operate better with a higher fat ratio, especially females. I noticed females tend to, you know, optimize at even a higher fat ratio than my male clients um, on average. But yeah, I mean, people, they're so afraid of having that fat. They're just so stuck to the dogma, even if they're on a ketogenic diet that they need to reduce their dietary fat if they want to, you know, activate fat loss in their own body. But I would argue that if you give your body a higher fat ratio, it's going to become much more optimized and efficient at learning how to use fat and then tap into its own fat stores more effectively.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Um, I mean, like you said, it's individualized. Like someone, I don't know if I would recommend, you know, the normal everyday nine to fiver to get who gets up and doesn't train hard or you know is not very active to stay like towards an eighty percent fat diet, especially if they're in a calorie surplus, obviously, but.
0: Yeah, that, that's a huge yeah, variable exactly. there too.
1: If you're, I mean, if you're in a calorie deficit, maybe 10%, 15% deficit, then like 80% might not be bad. But if you're in a, a maintenance or a, which I don't know, like maintenance or a calorie surplus and you're eating 80% and you're not doing anything to, to to work that off to, you know, to burn any of that fat, then I don't, I mean, I don't know if I recommend that. But again, it's so individualized, like you said, and I, I completely
0: agree. But calories don't matter, bro, don't you know? <laughs> right, <laughs> that's a whole nother debate, right? right there. On. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drill if I in dive into that one. <laughs> yeah, calories definitely matter <laughs> for sure. Um, so, so what about? I mean, let's just we're gonna, we're gonna cover all kinds of different ranges of the spectrum in this conversation, but we'll just kind of dive into like a typical day of eating for you because I'm curious. It sounds like we have a pretty similar macro and caloric breakdown, you know, what we optimize at. So I'm curious, kind of, what is a typical day of eating for you?
1: Uh, typical day is my every day. Uh, I am very, very structured when it comes to eating. I eat the same exact thing every day, and I actually enjoy it. People don't understand. Uh, I actually just put my... So I'm usually around 2,000 calories, whether that be if I hit 1,800 or 2,200, depending on the day and depending on how much I trained. Uh, but every morning... I get up at 4, hit the gym at 5, uh, completely fasted. I don't have anything, uh, no coffee, nothing, just go to the gym, come back. Within an hour, I usually have my first meal because I, I still like to optimize around that training time. Mm-hmm. So my first meal uh, is usually around between 7 and 8 a.m. Uh, and that is always <laughs> always an omelet. So, it's always... Uh, like around three to four strips of bacon, um, farm, farm fresh eggs that I get from a local farm over here, uh, usually uh, between four and five eggs, uh, two high EPA, DHA fish oil, and then uh, that's two pills, sorry, and then uh, a little bit of Parmesan cheese in that. And then I also have a uh, usually a bulletproof coffee with uh, usually a tablespoon of butter, tablespoon coconut oil, a uh, tablespoon of MCT oil, and then usually like a pack of MCT oil powder. And that's, that's my morning. And then I fast all day. I kind of do like a modified fast where I just don't – I like to get a lot more done during the day, so I don't care to eat lunch or anything, and I'm typically not hungry. Mm-hmm. So fast all day, and then at night I do some form of red meat. Uh, like tonight I had ground beef, 10 ounces of ground beef, Uh, and a half an avocado with a little bit of butter and that was it for dinner but it's either ground beef or steak usually just all it's always red meat
0: do you try and like time things so that your last meal is a certain amount of time prior to going to sleep
1: yeah yeah usually i'm i'm eating around uh, anywhere between 5 and 6 p.m and then i don't eat the rest of the night uh so and I'll fast all the way through the night until eight a m the next morning, so I do like a modified fasting schedule where I'm usually twelve to fourteen hours fasted until the morning meal and then another anywhere between ten and twelve hours fasted during the middle of the day there
0: There's a lot to be said for like the you know the shorter term fasting like that like I think intermittent fasting. Is it kind of just all depends on your goals like there's several different you know sub goals into fasting yeah. but you know extended fasting that's great for like you know cell turnover apoptosis autophagy yeah. but I don't think it's probably necessary optimal for you know body composition um,
1: right whereas right. like
0: the the fasting you know like throughout a day's interval is it's just it's just wonderful like people that snack all day long like it makes me laugh when I think about what the traditional bro dieting approach of eating every two and a half hours is, I mean, it's just like so far removed from what's optimal. Um, yeah, it's just like, they're totally backwards.
1: I I completely agree. And I'm the type of person, uh, like I can't snack, I can't do those things. If I try to have a meal, I did the, I did the whole Tupperware bring Tupperware to work and all that six meals a day Mm -hmm. thing. And I I can't, I just constantly hungry. I'm constantly moody. Like not, having to worry about eating in the middle of the day or constantly snacking. Like, my I, I'm in control of my my hunger now. Like, uh, hunger doesn't control me. Food doesn't control me now. I control like
0: uh, my r- hunger response. Yeah, it's liberating because, I mean, like in college, for instance, when I was doing the traditional diet, you know, every two hours with Tupperware, you know, I would lug this like backpack full of, you know, six or seven different Tupperwares I lived on a, in the mountains, like my campus was on, in the middle of a mountain. So I'd have to carry on, like all these, like three different bags up to a class. And, you know, the whole time we're going through these lectures, I'd be just watching the clock on the wall, waiting for the minute to count down for me to eat my next meal, which is just totally so far removed from what the body and the mind is designed to, to function on from like a nutritional standpoint. Exactly.
1: Now, like it's, it's tough for me. Cause when I went to school, man, uh, learning under doc and like everything we've learned and. You know, typical like how to build mass with carbohydrate, and you know, optimizing leucine levels and optimizing muscle ma- muscle growth by eating and stimulating muscle protein synthesis every two to three hours. Like it's it's difficult hearing that and then going keto right after that. It's like completely different worlds.
0: Hmm. Night and day. That's why it's so important to like really hone in on what your body is telling you and how you actually feel. And listen to that more so than the dogma that you've heard, you know, prior to.
1: Exactly. And that's, that's what keto has been for me. It's been a learning, uh, learning period. I'm, I've learned a lot about myself and how I, how I respond to foods. Uh, and I mean, I just, I, I'm optimizing every day. Like that, that's, yeah. there's no, there's not no ifs, ands, buts about it. It's just like constantly just figuring out tools to get better every day.
0: Um, On on the subject matter, would you dive into muscle protein synthesis? A lot of people may or may not know or be well-versed in what that looks like, um, especially from like a muscle building perspective comparatively to, you know, you have to have glucose and glycogen to build muscle, um, which we all know is not necessarily true, um, but just kind of dive into the science if you can about like just muscle protein synthesis and how you don't have to have, you know, the, the glucose in order to build that tissue.
1: Yeah, it was never like my uh, forte. Like that was definitely Doc's thing. Uh, we learned it. We touched on it in classes. Um, so, I know from a very basic level uh, from muscle protein synthesis, like spiking uh, muscle protein with like leucine, a certain level of leucine and leucine triggered to be like the, the best amino acid to trigger mm-hmm. mu- muscle protein synthesis. Uh, to spike that, to be able to spike that constantly throughout the day, help trigger you know muscle growth. Um, but as do you fog- supplement with leucine? what's that?
0: Do you supplement with leucine at all? Uh,
1: I used to. I used to do branched chain amino acids, and I I don't anymore. Honestly, I don't take any supplements really anymore except for like MCT oil.
0: Which I would argue that's probably more a food source than a supplement, anyways.
1: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the yeah supplement. I used to take every supplement in the book. Oh, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I also take uh creatine, creatine and MCT. Oh, that's it.
0: Yeah, I, I take creatine. As well. creatine's been around so freaking long. There's so much research indicating the efficacy of it. Like, it's it's cheap, it's effective. I mean, it, there's lots of benefits to it. Yeah. So one thing we're we're gonna we're about to totally switch gears here. <laughs> Are you ready?
1: I'm ready. Go for it. One
0: thing that we really clicked on at KetoCon was just the minimalist lifestyle and like the whole concept of removing the, I mean, honestly, for lack of a better word, just the shit in one's life or not even physical, just like the mental aspect, the load that that, that carries with it. So just dive into that, man. Like let's just totally go deep here.
1: Yeah, man, I <laughs> I am extremely uh, minimalist. I actually think that I own way too much stuff. Uh, a lot of people would beg to differ. Um, but I, I just like the the like i want to live life and experience life and not have a ton of things i i di- i was i used to be you know i like to have nice things everyone likes to have nice things i guess but there was a point in time like when i was younger where it was just like things i wanted things and then as mm-hmm. i've gotten older and like grown as a person especially over the last two years uh and kind of found myself i realized like all these things that they, they don't add value. They don't add value to my life. They don't bring anything to the table for me. I just have them so I could make other people like like me, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now it's more of like I want to, you know, I want to hang out with my girlfriend, my dogs, and I want to enjoy my life and I, like for me that's getting outside, that's being active and going on a hike, going on a walk, uh, you know, enjoying nature like we're meant to. And I'll tell you what, I mean, that's changed the way I view life in general uh, and, and the way I like, like just, it's made me better mentally. I think it's just given me mental clarity, um, but almost like, I, I mean, you, you show me like the new van that you got and whatnot. Like that's, that's to say, like, I'd love to get to that point. Uh, I'm not there yet. <laughs> I still have a couch. <laughs>
0: Hey, man, you, you you get there for sure. I'm curious, though, what what was there like any kind of like aha moment or triggering factor that really like made the pendulum swing the other way?
1: Yeah, so I started getting into, you know, stoicism, uh, reading the Daily Stoic. I think I got into that from Danny. Like he started posting that a while back last year. Uh, and then, you know, I really started diving into like mindset things and listening to, you know, podcasts and and then it just clicked with me so i I met my my business partner adam almost a year ago now i want to say like nine ten months ago now and we clicked right away and everything we clicked on was all mindset stuff so it was like the daily grind of you know getting up going to your nine to five like how do you how do you do this every day but like inside, you know, you're bred to be an entrepreneur and do something like, like you, you feel that you can add value to the world. Um, and then not being able to, to give that value just to, to people or not know how to, how to do that. And then I just started listening to a lot of Casey Neistat and then like just diving into his stuff, Gary V and man, that stuff changed my life. You know what I mean? Like it, it really did. And I, it just like completely shifted my mindset to thinking
0: a completely different way. What was your, what was on your priority list prior to that? Like what was your, like when you were, what, what do you do for work now? Um,
1: so I do, like I do design and, and uh, lo- uh, logo designs, graphic designs, um, web applications, stuff like that.
0: And what, what were you doing prior to that?
1: Prior to that, I was in school. Uh, while I was in grad school, I was the operations manager for a local juice company here. Uh, I honestly, I, I always thought I was going to get into strength and conditioning and just train athletes. I worked a little bit with Lightning, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. It's a professional hockey team down here. But, you know, I was just like an assistant there. And I really thought that was going to be my end goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that I, I knew ultimately, like, I always wanted to do something on my own and I always wanted to provide value to others because when I'm helping people and when I'm passionate about something, that's when I, I feel like I bring the most value. Um, but when I do like, I'm just not like when I'm in the nine to five realm, I I don't do my best work. If that makes sense at all.
0: 100% makes sense, man. Like I'm glad you said that. It's kind of what I was fishing for. Like when you are doing a nine to five job that you don't like, and if anybody, we're about to get on a business tangent here, but for anybody that loves their nine to five, they feel fulfilled from it. They're passionate about it. 100% that's freaking awesome. I'm proud of you. I'm fully supportive of you. But if you're living a nine to five career and you hate it and you go home every day wishing for a different life and then you're not doing anything about it, like the, the, there's, there's something that's kind of change because I mean, living a nine to five that you're not passionate about, it literally sucks the life out of you. I graduated college, had a good you know GPA, um, got got a job right out of college working management at the railroad, and was making you know a handsome salary fresh out of college, and I thought I was on top of the world. And then I felt so low and pitiful because like literally, I would I would work twelve hour shifts at the railroad, working nights, sitting at a computer like this is a waste of my time. like nothing's happening. I'm not making impact in the world whatsoever. Yep. I'm not even doing any different. I'm like a freaking trainee right now. nothing's nothing's bettering because of my existence. right And when you hate your job, you hate your work, you hate how you're spending those 12 hours or nine to five whatever your hours are, you by default are never going to be able to put forth your best effort because there's no passion. there's no life in what you're doing. I couldn't I could not agree more.
1: I mean, that's exactly right. Uh, like, that's... that. I mean, that's how I felt every day. Like, just the 9 to 5 daily grind. That's why Adam and I, when we met, man, like, the, just our, our talks and about mindset and, like, you know, the, the daily grind of getting up and, and doing the same thing over and over and over again. Like, honestly, there's like a... There's a certain level of jealousy I have for individuals that can do that because... That's, yeah. That is extremely hard and for, for people to love their job and to do that every day, it's like I commend them. Like that, it's almost impossible for me because I, just, I, can't, I can't do it. I started having, um, I've never been really injured in my life or, or had any issues, but I started having lower back issues because I would sit like a jerk in, in my chair. Uh, I, we had sit-stand desks, but then you'd stand and you'd stand lopsided. So you jack your back up. Then I started having eye issues because I'm staring at a computer screen all day. You know, humans, we just, we weren't meant to do this every day. You know, we were were meant to be out in nature and, and to really dive deep into, you know, that, that side of us and not, not be stuck in offices. Like, you can't, like, for businesses not to realize that. And I think a lot of new businesses realize that, but for businesses not to realize that they, they can optimize employees time by, you know, Hey, like project-based works and stuff like that. Like, we know that you're really good at this, you know, spend two hours doing this and then, you know, figure we'll figure out something else out. But like, to sit and think that you're going to get an optimal employee for eight hours every single day. That's, I mean, I just completely disagree with it.
0: If Keto Savage, wait, like when, not if, when Keto Savage gets big enough that it requires employees, I'm going to have like a required, you know, three hour gym session training time allotted midday for everybody to go break a sweat and go get some gains before returning to work.
1: Dude, I love that. But that that's the thing though. is like that will stimulate a lot of ideas because you get this response from training that like people will come back, they'll be rejuvenated and they'll like they'll think about things constantly and they'll be more willing to do stuff like run, like help uh the company in general because like you're you're offering a place like to do that you know
0: yeah 100% man 100% people in and again like every corporation is different I mean I am no place to judge anybody that's working a nine-to-five I mean I'm not trying to do that at all yeah. and again if, if they are seeking I mean if they enjoy that then more power to them. I couldn't do it so I'm gonna speak on that but for me when I was working you know 12-hour shifts like it I mean, like I said earlier, it just totally drains you. It, it it drains all of your drive. Even after you leave work, you don't have energy to do anything outside of work because you're so drained from work. Like it's just a negative feedback loop that just keep getting amplified and amplified. And that's that's literally, I mean, exponentially downhill. That's why people die early and just lose their zeal for life.
1: You're hitting home right now, man. Like it's, it's like... I almost want to cry about it because you're so right. Like, I've always had the most energy as a person. Like, I just want to keep going and keep doing stuff. But I would get up, I'd hit the gym. That's like the one thing I definitely I do every morning. Uh, And then I'd go to work and I'd get there for anywhere between eight and nine o'clock. And then I'd get home anywhere between five and six o'clock. And normally, where I would like be fine and like just stay up till ten, eleven, working on like my my side business or doing something like I was so mentally drained and all I wanted to do was sit on the couch, turn the TV on and be a zombie. So now mm-hmm. like, when you, when you start thinking about that, and then you start thinking about like America in general and how we eat as a society. And then like we go to work nine to five, we come home, we sit on the couch. We're never active. We're eating like crap. Like no wonder why we're, you were all obese, you know?
0: Yeah, totally, man, totally. And let's let's take it one step further, okay? I I believe that if you're alive, then you're freaking blessed. Like that's a huge opportunity at your fingertips. And what are the chances of even being born? Like like next to nothing, right? So if you're alive and listening to this, then you've got so much potential at your fingertips. You it is it is a responsibility of being alive. I think to give more value than you take. Like I want to leave. I wanted to die having left a legacy, or at least leaving the world something more than there was there when I came into it. And if you're working under five, you're drained, you're a zombie, you're doing you know half-ass work at work because you're not passionate about it. You go home and you sit in front of the TV. I mean, there's there's very little that you're adding. Like you're becoming a freaking leech to the human race. But if you are so freaking driven and passionate about what you're spending your time on, like I am now, and how I how I'm doing my business and Keto Savage, like everything that gets me fired up, like I'll work 10, 12, 16, 18 hours a day tirelessly because I'm so energized by, you know, what I'm creating. That is going to be able to hopefully leave so, so much more than I could ever hope to leave working at any job.
1: Dude, 100% right. I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. Like the amount of, that you can get done when you're passionate about what you do is ridiculous uh i mean when i was building our business like adam and i when we were building our business together it we were it went from concept to actually launching i think it took us between like six and eight weeks to to do that because we were so motivated to get it off the ground and when we did, it was like, holy crap. Like, when we look back, we're like, dude, how how the hell did we just do that? You know, like, how do we do yeah. that? But it was because we're, like, so passionate about something else, not passionate about working for someone else, you know?
0: Why do you think stuff with the government takes so long? <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's so true.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's like going to the DMV to get your driver's license, you know? It just takes forever. Yeah. Like, anything that, like, there's... When I go to a a place of business and I look somebody in the eye and they just like, all that they're focused on is their next five minute break or their smoke break or their lunch break or the five o'clock hour to hit. I I just, I just want to grab them, shake them and be like, wake up. You are alive and breathing. Quit this job and go pursue your love and you'll be happy. (laughs) It's like, how can people afford not to? I mean, they can't afford, like they're literally dying. And that's why as think, they sit there.
1: Yeah, I agree with you, man. It's it's difficult to see that. Um, but it's it's also tough because like, I mean, you come from the nine to five. I, I also do. It's it's tough. Like once you get in that rut. and
0: Oh, it's scary as hell.
1: But it's not just that. But then you get accustomed to living a certain way because you're making a salary. And then you're and then you it like it's like a you become attached. You get these strings attached. And that's why it goes back to the minimalist thing where. Like, if you can live minimalist, it makes more sense because if you get accustomed to living a certain way, you know, a job is a job. They don't like, they're looking out for their bottom line as well. They're not, they don't care about you. You know, in my opinion, like, employees, like, when you're, you're suggested to put in two weeks before you quit. But like, here in Florida, I don't know what it's called. It's like a no fault state or it's just like Texas where like an employee can fire you for no reason, you know, they mm-hmm. get rid of you. They're not looking out for you. They're not going to say, Hey, you know, uh, Robert, we're going to give you two weeks notice here before we let you go. You know, they'll just get rid of you and you're, you've already become accustomed to living a certain way and they get rid of you, man. and You got nothing left and you're going to go get another nine to five, but
0: that's a perfect segue, man. Yeah, man.
1: It's like, it's insane, but it's, that's why like, I, if anyone is listening to this, that like, has ambitions and has passions you know but doesn't think they can do it because of money or other things like adam and i started a business and i'm sure you did it the same way like we have zero money bootstrapping everything man and just you know what like we're figuring it out because that's what we truly want to do and we feel like we can provide value to people and then once you figure that out, man, once you believe in yourself and you start surrounding yourself with the people around you, you know, like that that quote, I don't I don't know exactly what it is, but, you know, you're the sum of, like, the five people that you, you surround yourself mm-hmm. with. I, the last two years, I began to realize that that is 100% true.
0: Absolutely, man. Absolutely. I mean, there's there's so, and, and then that really bleeds into, like, the workforce. Because if you're spending the majority of your day, with people at work that are also miserable in work i mean that's the negative feedback loop once again um when i was at the railroad there there would be people you know conductors engineers and they would get good money kind of like feast famine and they would buy these you know new trucks new uh you know boats and everything and they'd be stuck making that payment and they would feel, you know, unsafe or insecure to leave that and give themselves options. Like you can't put a price on having options and flexibility in life, like always have options. And if you remove the things from your life that really don't bring you any, uh, you know, fulfillment, it's kind of crazy. Like you hear these things all like from, from day one, like everybody's heard these things. It's like a cliche. It's just like known, but I don't think there's very many people that are talking about it from the other side. Cause I mean, you, you see on media, all the people with the big house and the mansions and all that stuff. But like people like you and I that are living, breathing this whole minimalist lifestyle, you know, if we have a platform to speak to people on like like this podcast, for instance, and we have some sort of influence, you know, really just driving home the fact that I could not be happier than I am right now. And I literally don't have a couch, a piece of furniture, a TV or anything in my house right now, except for, Business related stuff.
1: It's amazing. I'm not even at your level yet. I'm still in the process of it, but I'm trying to convince my girlfriend constantly. I'm like, "Hey, why don't we just sell our TV? We don't need it. We don't need to pay for all this junk that we have. Like, we don't. There's no point." I'm I'm in the process of trying to sell my car because I don't need it. I I ride a bike. I used to ride a bike to work every day, and honestly, I live close enough and surrounding everything like a grocery store with my bike. And I don't care what people think about me if I, you know, not having a car, like it doesn't matter to me, but the option to, you know, have that $350 payment back, you know?
0: (laughs) Oh yeah, man. Like that's like, that is so freaking liberating. And just simply not having the clutter, like the other day, um, we're going to be moving here soon. So I literally took, I went through the house and everything that I, like all my clothes, I used to. it's kind of funny looking at how I used to think, like I used to want all the stuff. Like I used to assume that my success as a human was determined on the, the quantity of things that I had, which is totally opposite of where I think now. But I used to like be proud of how many button up shirts that I had in my closet. I thought that was cool. I I don't have a single button up shirt. like, I literally went through and everything that I haven't worn this past week, I put in a bag and I gave it a goodwill, you know, like, I have so little now, but there's like such a weight lifted from my like you, psyche. Like I could just see opportunities more effectively because I'm not clouded by the clutter in my life. Exactly. Now you value
1: what you have. Like you, those five shirts that you have now, like you value those way more than when you had a hundred shirts.
0: Yeah. hundred percent. Everything that I get now, I'll spend the money on it and I'll get like the best quality thing that I can. But I'll only have to buy it once. I'll know that it's exactly what I need to, you know, meet a certain demand that I have. Yeah. But then I don't have to, like, have three things that halfway do something. I can just get one good thing, remove the clutter, and be much more productive in life as a whole.
1: Exactly. Couldn't agree more.
0: So let's talk about your business, man. Like, let's dive into to that. Like, what is it? I mean, you and Adam, like, we'll just kind of dive into the motivation behind starting it, what it is, kind of where you want to go with it. Yeah, man.
1: So like I said, my business partner, Adam, him and I met at uh, the nine to five job that I was describing. And we, uh, we hit it off really quick. Uh, He was, I was, you know, keto. And everyone was like, when Adam got hired, everyone was like, Oh, you're gonna like Adam, I guess he does like intermittent fasting. And I was like, Oh, awesome. And we started talking. And, you know, we would every day would get together for lunch and we didn't eat lunch together we just sat there and drank coffee and we did a press and you know as a joke we were like oh two guys one press and everyone in the office would call it two guys one press hour and uh, a little play on words I guess but uh, then so I ended up buying the domain name for that and I was like two guys one press that's us man great and, uh, it was, it was, it went on for a couple months where we were just doing that together. And then we started leaving the office and going to get coffee at a local caffeine place over here. And we just started talking mindset and just like, like the power of visual visualization. And, you know, like when you start just kind of putting things out there, what the world puts back, gives back to you. And, and like, yeah, it, Crazy. And then just, uh, you know, just life in general. And then we realized like, man, we, we really like, we have both have always been an entrepreneurs and wanted to start a business, but never found the right partner to do it with. And then, you know, everyone kind of always tells you like, don't have a partner cause you won't do it right. Uh, I think that's bull crap. I think if you find the right person and you have the right drive and, and you know, when you find the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, And then, like, Adam and I were like, dude, like, let's start a business. And we went through so many different ideas. I was always on the keto space. And I was always telling Adam, hey, listen, Adam, like, I've been involved in keto for, you know, for last four years, I know a lot of like, like, well known people in the keto space, simply because they're just like scientists and, you know, I think that, you know, this is going to be something that's, that's really big. And I, and like, I think like my goal is to really change the the nation's like health issues. Um, like I'm, I'm, just, I'm just not the person, like, I don't care to make millions of dollars. I really don't. I could live on, you know, twenty thirty thousand $30,000 a year and have like nothing. But as long as I get to live my life the way I want to live my life, then I'm going to be the happiest person ever. If I don't have to wear a suit, if I don't have to get up at a certain time and do this and do that and be told what to do, I'll be happy. That doesn't matter to me. So, And Adam's the same way, man. So uh, going back to Two Guys, One Press, I bought the domain name and then we were like, all right, let's start a company. And what we did was we started a company called TGOP, which is, stands for Two Guys, One Press. And that is our umbrella company because what we really want to do is start other companies where we can partner with really you know like inspiring individuals and then build companies with other people. So we have uh, nomadic keto which is our first um, DBA that we're doing and that is uh, right now it's really a packaging play on convenience and really the nomadic lifestyle of traveling and how do you how do you make supplements easier to travel with? Well, right now they're in tubs. So you're buying a 30-day supply and you're scooping it out and you're putting it in a Ziploc bag and you're taking it with you on a, on a cruise or on plane and whatnot. Uh, so Adam and I were like, well, my background is I can do all the front-facing, the web, the graphic design, the logo. I can do all that, uh, the marketing. Adam is all supply chain analytics, dude. The guy is a genius, man, when it comes to that. <laughs> and once it got started, once the concept of Nomadic Keto came, it was like six weeks later, boom, first product is already in, boom, we've already launched and like we're out in the market. And it was like a flash in the pan. Like it went from talking for, you know, the first five months to con- uh, like conceptualizing an idea. And then six weeks later, we're so passionate about it that, boom, we already we already knocked it out of the park.
0: freaking love it, man. Like when you know you're on fire, like you just keep on getting hotter. (laughs) dude. It's just like, you just toss it out in the world, see what comes back, you know? (laughs) So it was pretty good feedback from everybody then?
1: Yeah, man. Everyone loves the the branding. Everyone loves the packaging play. Um, I think it's going to be tough, obviously, just to compete in the supplement space in general. I think having a flagship product would be better. Like Keto Brick is a flagship product. Like that is something so unique in the, not even just the keto space, but in general, like the low carb space, like that product is, is badass. And it's not, I'm excited
0: better. about it. What's that? I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. I think it's got a lot of potential.
1: Dude, a ton of potential because it is so unique and nobody, nobody can copy that. And that's what Adam like, and I were looking at we We're like, man, Robert's product is amazing. And I'm so glad that, uh, you know, you were able to get it off the ground and and we were talking too. we were like, man, anything you need help with, we'd love to help you out. Um, just from a a back end standpoint to help do anything with the business, man. Because we have the experience, Adam. I mean, we both come from the nine to fives, and our uh, our skill sets mesh so well that we can run any business through the both of us. Like if we were to branch off and I was going to do my own thing and he was going to do his own thing, I don't think we could. I don't think we could do it because we're so good at so many unique things
0: we just have like a little mastermind group man like i'll go out there to tampa y'all come up here to arkansas we'll just have like a little shindig and just talk shop and talk keto and just get things done we'll get more done in a weekend than most people get done in a month because we're just so fired up dude 100 we get more done night telling you <laughs> i love it man I, I i literally like i love fitness i love nutrition but Business, like that's my other passion, hands down, no questions asked. When I find a way to mesh all three of them, it's like, whoo, lights out. It's fire. It, it completely fire. I never, you know, it's funny. I never thought, I always was like an
1: entrepreneur where I wanted to, I wanted to do my own thing. I never knew what that was. Uh, but I will say like the, the the nine to five job, like it gave me a lot of tools that I needed to learn before I got into what I'm doing. Like I learned a lot from, from the job. Uh, how to deal with clients and different things like that and marketing and all that stuff and like how like back end stuff moves. But I mean, business now is like, I I used to never think that it was business that drove me. But learning how to run this business and building it from the ground up is it's completely different than like being a part of someone else's business.
0: Oh yeah, hundred percent. A lot of people look at business, you know, from the outside, and they just assume that the the driving factor is all about money, the the bottom line, the bottom dollar, making money, making money. Could not be farther from the truth. Like I get, I get off just to like know that I'm building something with my own two hands, and like other people are taking something out of that, and it, it's providing some kind of value. Like that alone is like that's what fulfills me with business.
1: Yeah, I'm the same way, man. Uh, like I said, I'm not a, I don't care to make millions of dollars in my lifetime you know, if that comes great, if not, it's not, that's not the driving factor for me. The driving factor is to make a difference. It's to, mm-hmm. oh, you know, it's to, it's to truly provide something of benefit to, you know, and unique that to, to value for everyone in the United States or the world. And if you're not doing that as a, as a business owner, then I don't, I mean, I don't know what you're doing and I don't know if you'll ever be super successful or even enjoy what you do because you need to have some level of passion for what you do. And if, if your passion is to make a lot of money, then that's different. You know, that's, that's fine too. But my passion is really to change lives and, and to change it through nutrition and fitness, because that is my, my main passion, nutrition and fitness. Um, And then to be in, be able to be in this growing ketogenic community where like for me, if, you know, the better, like the better, the better quality products that we can get out and not like all this junk, like we need to get back to the roots of eating whole foods and get back to the, you know, eating quality, nutritious products. And not like we, once we start uh, demonizing the keto space and creating all these products that are just like junk, then it it makes no sense at that point, because then you're just providing what the normal standard American diet has.
0: You need to yeah, one hundred
1: and like give this community a chance, and like, and and that's the cool thing. What I what I learned at KetoCon is like this space, these people, we're all trying to help each other, man. It was so cool to see.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you look at at the the community as a whole, and it's it is perfect, man. Like it is such like a pristine, pure opportunity to help so many people. Um, and like the beauty of it is like it, it does go back to like the natural whole raw, you know, wholesome ingredients. Like we don't, that alone is going to vet out all the crap from coming into the space. Like there is going to be some, especially initially, but at the end of the day, there's, there's not going to be room for that because people will realize that that's not <laughs> what keto is in the first place. So the products that are in keto, the people that are in keto, you know, there are going to be some bad apples, but as a whole. I think that, like, by definition, the keto lifestyle is going to vet out all the negative and it's just going to continue to be very pure and it can stay pure for the long term.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it was was awesome. KetoCon was great. And I I agree with you on that point, too. It was also pretty evident that, um, like, building the company, Adam and I, like, it's very evident that, you know, mainstream people don't know what keto is, man. And, like, we need to get we we need to get the word out there yeah maybe the the most searched diet on google but people still don't know what it is they're still scared of like high fat or what's this going to do like i mean uh, you know my, my mom like her first question was oh you know should i take this every day because you know i eat a standard american diet and, and we're selling mct oil powder and, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, Ma. like, so the education piece alone is something massive to tackle for like to, to actually start making a true difference in nutrition in America,
0: you know? Oh yeah, absolutely, man. Which, which is cool. It's exciting because I mean, we are literally on the cutting edge, which is crazy to think about because keto has been around forever. But I mean, you look at it kind of like in modern day society with the technology and social media and whatnot, we're on the cutting edge of like the potential here, like where, I mean, I don't remember what the stats are, but like less than 5% or less than like 5% of the population even knows what keto is or has heard of it. So, I mean, that's, that's just like scratching the surface, you know? know
1: it's, it's insane. It's insane. But I, I will tell you like, I mean, just the, the amount of growth it's had in the last couple of years. And uh, I, I just, I think it's going to keep growing, you know, and I'm, I'm excited to be a part of it. I know you are, and I know like, I think everyone, the majority of people in this space are just truly excited about where this is going and where it can go. And uh, like, it, it's such a benefit and people need to know about it.
0: Yeah. And, and like you said earlier, man, like, I'm just excited about the quality of the people in the community. I mean, like, people, there's not a scarcity mindset here. Like, there's such an abundant mindset yeah. that people are so eager and inspired to tell one another. Like, here we are. I mean, we're both like, trying to develop our own product line and rather than like trying to hide information from one another, we're, we're sitting here podcasting. I mean, like you you go into other industries, other communities, other niches, and you don't see that, you know?
1: Zero percent, (laughs) man. It's like, so true. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm willing to help anyway, anybody, any way I can. And that, I mean, I know that you're that way we've touched on that before. And like, that's the only way that all the boats can rise in the tide, you know, like, it's the only way that keto is going to make a name for itself at the
0: beginning. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. And and when you see, you know, how much it impacts your well-being and how much it impacts your loved one's well-being, that becomes so much more valuable than any supplement, any dollar amount, any anything. And you, I mean, you can't put a price on that. And anything that you can do to spread the word to make that same thing happen for another person and another person and just exponentially grow and compound, I mean… That is the driving factor.
1: Yep. Totally agree. My whole family, I mean, my girlfriend's keto. My two dogs are keto. People, we feed raw food, you know, raw eggs, raw steak and stuff. And like people are- Two dogs. Yeah. And they look at us and they're like, what are you giving your dogs? You're going to kill them. And I'm like, what do you mean? You know, I have a husky. First of all, if like, you look at him, and he's, he's a wolf. What did wolves, yeah. What did wolves eat, man? What did they eat back in the day? they hunted and they killed the animals and they ate their meat like we didn't feed them kibble
0: <laughs> that's very true man we we got a uh, crystal's little little chihuahua dog with like eight teeth he eats raw meat that's we have got english setters back home my folks raising the setters for bird hunting and like they'll go out they'll go hunting you know they, they'll go kill a snake eat the snake i mean they they don't eat kibble
1: <laughs> yeah man yeah we we feed the dogs we we uh we fast them i mean i want my dogs around forever. You know, like I don't, you know, most dogs die of cancer and it's, it's simply because of the way they eat. But these dogs have so much energy throughout the day and they just want to keep going. We intermittent fast them all day. We feed them one meal at night and it's always, uh, you know, eggs, raw eggs, cracked eggs, um, shell sometimes, uh, not often because they don't really care for it. Uh, Uh Raw steak. And then um, we do coconut oil, uh, apple cider vinegar, a tablespoon of that, some turmeric, and then uh, sardines, raw sardines.
0: Yes, that's perfect, man. I mean, you can't you can't beat that. Yeah, they eat like kings. <laughs> yeah, I bet, I bet they're not complaining either.
1: They're definitely not complaining.
0: <laughs> so, So what all, I mean, totally another random tangent here. What all do you do as far as like outdoors um you've said that you're into the outdoors a couple of times now like what what is your chosen activity
1: yeah i prefer, like i just like being outside in nature there's no specific thing i've always been into rock climbing um so i like to get out and do like like i haven't done it in a long time probably last year was the last time we went to like a rock wall over here but honestly i just i like getting out and to do hiking and just getting out and being in nature uh here in downtown Tampa that for me is just getting out into the city and walking the river walk over here and, and being out at the beach and different things like that. Uh, Katie and I are going to Hawaii soon for a uh, for a wedding for her cousin's wedding and we're super we're both super super excited because that's gonna allow us to just be out in nature and constantly travel. like just constantly on massive hikes all day long. like if I could, I wouldn't be home ever. I would get up at 4 a.m. I'd hit the gym and then I'd go out and I'd go hiking all day long.
0: Do you, so like when you go hiking, is it kind of like, um, like a, like a leisurely hike? Are you going like up scaling mountaintops or what, what's your, nope, just, just simply in, nature?
1: Yeah. And just leisurely, just going out and enjoying the nature.
0: I love it, man. I love it. I think there's so much to be said. Like my, I used to hunt all the time. I used to fish all the time. I've kind of I mean, there's kind of a give and take with owning your own business. Like, you know, like for me, like I've just been grinding right now. So I haven't been able to be outside as much as I like, you know, in hopes that I'll be able to come back to that on my own terms later. But being outside, man, like that is, that's why it was so easy for me not to have a TV my whole life because we always lived out in the country and I would literally just go outside and, and use my imagination, which seems to be yep. far removed from today's youth.
1: Yep. Exactly. Yeah. And for me also, like, I remember like when I was in the nine to five, I used to go out with my buddy at lunch too, a a different guy. And we would go at lunchtime and we would go do meditate. You know, we would go to the park because like, you know, sitting in the office, you just got to get out. And we would just go meditate for, you know, 30 minutes out in the park on the river walk, just listening to the birds go by, listening to the wind, listening to the people on on their bikes and things like that. It's like, just like the calming, like force. Of just getting out and listening to those things and being and hearing it, it, it's like it's ridiculous. Because every day if you're going into an office and all you're doing is staring at a screen, it's almost therapeutic to be outside.
0: Oh, it's hundred percent therapeutic, man. And and like one one thing that I always recommend, um, like with my clientele and with people like in the dieting, you know, world, they often struggle with, you know, their addiction to, to food and just like binging and whatnot my cure for binging, like whenever I'm going through a contest prep and I'm constantly fixating on food is to simply remove myself from the kitchen, walk to the end of the road and back and fixate on every little natural detail between the two, like the, the birds, the trees, like everything in, everything inside, like I'll fixate on that. And by the time I come back, like I, I am back in control again, dude.
1: Yeah. I'm the same exact way. There's that's exactly how I am. Cause, uh, Like like weekends, like you. So you work on the week during the week, and I don't have access to food because I'm not in the kitchen. But like uh, when you are sitting on the couch on the weekend, you're not doing anything. If you're not out of the house, you're constantly thinking about food. So you want to eat, and then typically you're going to, unless you have like you know amazing willpower. Um, Mm -hmm. I can to a certain extent. But yeah, exactly. Just getting out of the house, taking the dogs for a walk and just just doing that in general is going to help with any type of like food prep or anything like that
0: or content. I really, Yeah, I really like, man, like your whole take on minimalism and then just, you know, connecting and kind of getting back to nature. Like that is honestly two things, like that and the whole aspect of, you know, building a business and creating something to add value. Those three things right there Those are three pillars that if more people, you know, focused on those and made it more of a priority in life, I guarantee there'd be so much more happiness and there's so much more productivity and just so much more health as a whole. I agree.
1: I I completely agree. And that's what I, uh, you know, that's what I tell like people in the office. Like I, I actually like, I didn't try to, but I speak so passionately about keto, I guess, that people in the office would try it or they would, you know try to do things that like I do and and I'm just always like just just think about how humans how we were you know like how we came about we never had all this all this crap that we have now man like just get out enjoy nature you know lift heavy things <laughs> and then yeah. uh, you know like sprint a little bit sometimes and then just freaking enjoy like life like figure out a way for you to however that is for you to enjoy life.
0: Well, we've lived like, you know, on a macro level, the human, you know, race, like we've always wanted to just, you know, engineer, build, develop, grow, and, and create things that, you know, simplify our life, make things easier, which is great. I mean, that's, I mean, technology has done wonders. Yeah. I mean, there's like, you know, industrial revolution, there's so many good things that have come from that, but we've, we've like hit this tipping point at which, like when it comes to stuff like nutrition, we need to kind of go backwards, I mean, there's there's only so much more engineering you can do to a food product to make it not good. Exactly. And I think we're to that stage where we're getting tired of being lied to. We know that, you know, any more manipulation is not a good thing. And to kind of go back to the, the, the least manipulated we can, that's where we need to go. Yep. Agreed. I love it. I love it. Well, cool, man. Where can, um, what's the next thing for you? Where, where, where's the the excitement line now
1: dude uh there's a lot of big things happening here uh you know adam and i are pumped we got nomadic keto going um we have we got prelim- preliminary ideas on another company that we want to start you know to make this lifestyle easier for people and you know to provide quality products uh more on that to come uh but yeah so i mean just constantly innovating once you stop innovating, that's when you die.
0: Yes. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. 100%, ma'am. Where can people go to find out more about you? Uh,
1: our website, nomadicketo.com. On Instagram, I am.
0: Uh, that's I'm, with a T, by the way. I'm throw that out there. Yeah,
1: yeah, nomadic with a T. Um, and then on Instagram, I uh, my name is Trevor Michaels, or you can follow uh, Michaels with a Z at the end. And then. Um, uh, or you could do nomadic keto on Instagram as well and Facebook.
0: Very good, very good. I'll link out to all those too, so it's easy to find. Um, well, sweet man, we're we're definitely going to have to continue this conversation uh, going forward because, like I said, this is only the second time we've talked, um, and we're clicking on all cylinders for sure. So we're gonna have to stay in touch, and I'll I'll, I'll do a meetup, man. We'll go to Florida. Back up here to Arkansas. We'll meet somewhere. We'll make something happen.
1: Yeah, man. We definitely need to do it, and we need to get you talking to Adam too. Adam's like really, really pumped to talk to you. You're gonna love his his take
0: and mindset. 100, percent, man. I mean, it'll be it'll be three guys at one press. <laughs> you got one press. you guys, one mic. Hey, there you go. I love it. That's I love it. <laughs> well, Trevor, man, it's been a pleasure. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to do a follow up podcast too, because I know you got some exciting things coming up in the work, and we'll have to tell the world about it when it come out yeah man for sure robert i appreciate it man you bet man we'll take care brother and we'll talk soon buddy you as well